Hey everyone, this is Stefan Miller, and welcome to The Forever Student. Welcome back to the show. I'm so grateful and excited that you've made the decision to be here today. The show is all about providing you with the tools and knowledge to become the best you, and today will be no exception. We are joined by an extraordinary individual who I can't wait for you to meet. She's the founder of Illuminations, which we'll talk about more today. She's a holistic healer, hypnotherapist, and a transformational coach. She's been on the cover of Startup Magazine and various other publications, and she's here today to talk us on how we can become the best versions of ourselves. Sonia Punjabi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so lovely being here. It's so, so nice to have you here. I think we uh, we spoke to each other first about, I think like six weeks ago. Mm, that's correct. And uh, I'd like to start with giving our listeners a better understanding of how you got into the area of healing or specifically the area that you are in today. So could you tell us your story? Sure. It's quite a long story, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Well, as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Um, and that teacher came to me at the age of around 19 or 20 years old. So at the time, basically, uh, one of my best friends had passed away in a car accident. Um, after he passed away, I was struggling to come to terms with his loss. Um, and after that, I, you know, it like life just hit me. Um, I, like, I guess, like I first realized that life is so impermanent. Okay, it's so temporary. And that something that we hold so dearly uh, can just be taken away from us just like that you know, in a matter of seconds. So, you know, we stress, we worry, we fear, and we think everything in life is so important. And then in just one second, life can completely change for us. And I guess, um, like, the impermanency of life really shook me up. And that's when I started looking for answers. Um, answer, uh, questions, I guess, to my answers. And questions such as, who are we? Why are we here? And what is the purpose of our life? If everything that we hold so dearly can be taken away from us, then why are we really here? And what is the purpose of it all? And um, that got me seeking. At the time, a friend of mine had given me a book called Many Lies, Many Masters um, yeah, by Dr. Brian Weiss. I'm not sure if you'd read about it, but not it's yet. definitely a very essential read <laughs> for anyone wanting to you know, learn more about the world of spirituality and the metaphysical world. And I just wanted to know what happens to us when we die. And that led me on a journey, um, one book to another. And I was going through a bit of like an existential crisis. Um, I graduated from college um, at the age of 20, 21. And I moved back here to the UAE. And I graduated as a graphic designer. So I was behind a desk all day. And I just didn't feel like I was in the right place. Uh, and then suddenly I just, you know, and I was an avid reader. I, you know, like after I'd read that book, I'd read a lot of different books on spirituality, the universe, coincidences. And just like the law of attraction. And um, I said, okay, I'm going to go um, like to India on a visit. And I'm sure, you know, um, like India being the land of spirituality and mysticism, I'm sure I can find one teacher who can provide me with these answers. So at the time, I was doing a lot of yoga classes and um, I went to India and I Googled past life regression. And when I Googled regression, um, the name of my teacher came up, uh, Dr. Yuvraj Kapadia, who I believe was on the show last, last week. week. Yeah. And um, so I gave him a call and I said, you know, like, I'd like to learn more about the mind and, you know, regression. And he said, all right, I'll give you about half an hour. And I said, OK, so I went and I met him. And um, in that half an hour, like, it completely blew my mind. Yeah, I was about 20, 21 years old, just starting off in life. I had issues 
just like any other, you know, like, you know, just like trying to find a cause, you know, like, or the reason for, like, why am I here and the purpose of my life? And I was, you know, I was dabbling into many different things in my life. Um, so when I met him for that half an hour, he gave me a lot of clarity. Um, one of the most important, like, uh, learnings I took away from that half an hour conversation was that we are responsible for everything that happens in our life. Um, we create our reality. And I know that's so common to hear today, but this was um, in 2005 when the law of attraction hadn't even come out. And uh, if we have the power to create our life, then we have the power to uncreate and recreate what it is that we want to. And that everything in life is happening, not to us, but because of us. And so that got me thinking and I was like, okay, wait a second. So everything that I've created thus far is because of me. So all the fears, all the limitations, all the struggles and all the challenges that I was going through, I had the power to change it and create the reality that I desire. So at 21, I was completely motivated by this concept. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to give up everything else. And I'm going to start to heal myself. And I'm going to go through this journey. Um, so along the journey, I did a lot of counseling sessions. I did a lot of healing sessions. I did everything from hypnosis to energy work, to working on your inner child, um, like to meditating, to reading book on angels. I went to different ashrams. I went to different schools of, uh, thought, uh, to just really explore this whole world of spirituality. And it completely transformed every aspect of my life. So as a child, I had a stammering problem. Um, I, you know, and I grew up with this obstacle my entire life and it, you know, it basically gripped my entire life. And I always wondered, why did I have this issue? Um, I used to have a problem speaking on the phone to people. I used to have a problem. I like, I could never speak in public. So for me to be on the show today was like, it's like a huge thing. I mean, from where I was to where I am today. Mm, amazing. Um, and through hypnosis, I was able to heal this issue completely without any speech therapy, which is amazing. Um, so for me, that was the first real change that I saw. And just the relationship with how I perceived people, with how I perceived life, completely changed. And I felt when my perception began to change, my actions began to change, my behavior began to change, and my reality completely shifted. And I felt like I jumped into completely parallel reality. And I came back here to Dubai, and I found that there was nothing around here which could help me with my spiritual evolution or my journey. I looked around and there was no concept of a meditation class. And I said, you know, I've come such a long way the last six months. I want to hold, you know, um, like I really want to hold on to this practice. And I feel that everybody I know should know about this. Mm. And so when I came back to Dubai, like a lot of people hadn't really, you know, um, dabbled into any sort of spiritual practices or healing practices or even something so simple like meditation. So I decided, so I spoke to my teacher and I said, you know, I think a lot of people in Dubai would be really interested in whoever I spoke to. I spoke to them about the mind and how we create our reality. Um, I talked about um, um, like energy healing concepts and how we can change our energy and then we can change anything in our life and that we create our world by by changing our inner selves. And that whole concept to people around me was so fascinating. And they're like, why don't you bring your teachers down here to Dubai? So that's when I decided to bring my teachers down to Dubai because just out of a pure love and passion for this work, um, just to help people become more mindful, live more consciously, because at the end of the day, each and every one of us are looking to live more happier, healthy and productive lives, you know, and sometimes we have gifted resources like our mind, our body, um, 
our emotions, our energy, which we aren't even utilizing to our maximum, you know? So if we can maximize these resources that we've been built with, we can change every aspect of our life. And so I felt that people needed to know this work. And so I invited my teacher, Dr. Yuvraj and his wife, uh, to come to Dubai and conduct a few courses and classes. At the time, we didn't have a space. So I asked one of my friends if we could use one of her apartments um, and conduct private healing sessions. And she, ha- you know, she so generously agreed to help me out. And we came in and we had like 40 people in a seminar. I used uh, social media. Back then, I think Facebook had just gained popularity. And so I'd post like a seminar on Facebook and I had like 45 people show up. And that's when I began my journey or my career as a well-being entrepreneur. Um, after that, I still never had um, like a business plan. I never even knew that spirituality could be, you know, a profession, let alone, you know, a career for myself, but I just knew that I had, you know, I had this deep desire to spread awareness on the power of the self, the mind, and the consciousness. And if everybody could just have this awareness of how their mind works, how their energy works, they can transform their life. And so this awareness was really important to me. And after a couple of trips, I organized um, like a variety of different events. And then I started having people from the UK and the US contact me saying, you know, I heard you organize um, events in Dubai. And I said, well, I don't really do it as a profession, but I do it as a hobby. And I'd love to organize this for you. And that's kind of how it started, you know. And well, like one event after the other, about a year and a half later, my teacher sat me down and, you know, and they were like, okay, so you got to actually, you know, make a career and a living out of it. Because if you can make a career out of it, a lot of people who are practitioners, who are in the healing world, they can actually professionalize what they're doing mm-hmm. and make a career out of it too. So if people are not that happy with their nine to five job, they can actually have a platform where you can help them with um, like their career. And the more practitioners you support, they in turn will be able to heal more people. So I was like, okay, this sounds like a fascinating idea. So I had to think of a name. So I said, you know what, I'm going to organize holistic events and I'm going to train and become a practitioner because my teachers were like, you know, we can't keep coming here every time. You know, we need one person who can actually really help people work on their issues. And so I trained as a clinical hypnotherapist. I went through all these five levels in India and and the journey itself was fascinating Mm. because as they say, before you help others, you have to kind of work on yourself. And so that gave me the opportunity to work further on myself, uh, gain more knowledge, um, you know, just really uh, help me to become an expert in my field. And so I became a practitioner. I would see clients. um, I would see nine clients a day, actually, at one point. I was working for 12 to 14 hours and um, I would organize um, events on a freelance basis. I would bring my practitioners down from India, from the UK. And whenever I found something that I felt that people needed to know, I would promote it. So I never had a business plan. I, you know, like so many of my friends asked me, so how did you start? Where's your business plan? Can I see it? I said, I never had a business plan. I just grew very organically. And it was a desire to do what I love. And if people, you know, resonated with it, then that was great. So I think that's how my journey started and that's how I, and then one day in the shower, I had to think of a name. So I thought, okay, why not call it Illuminations? Because Illumination means light, it means clarity, it means, um, you know, letting go of your baggage and living light. And and that's pretty much how my journey started. That's amazing. And now you're in three different countries? So basically we are, so we're um, a local brand, um, homegrown in the GCC in Dubai. I started my first branch officially in 2011. 
But the freelance um, like initiatives have been running since 2006. So um, in 2006, uh, like, so we began to grow. So I started promoting um, like a variety of different holistic healers through workshops and training programs. Um, and then after it built and after I um, like after I started my own professional practice around 2009 or 10, I got my license here in Dubai. Uh, prior to that, like I'd go to the authorities or the or like these licensing um, like departments. Nobody even knew what the concept of meditation yeah. was. So I was like stress management, uh, counseling, <laughs> uh, life coaching. <laughs> and finally, I managed to get the license that I actually wanted, which is a uh, uh, which is a professional license to train people uh, to become practitioners as well as to help people work on their stress. So that was so so in 2011, I opened my dream space, which is my JLT branch. Um, it's a 4,000 square foot space where we offer a variety of different um, like holistic healing activities, starting off from the concept of meditation classes. Because so remember, in, like in 2006 and 2007, there was no concept of a meditation class in Dubai. So what we actually did, so we had yoga classes, which were quite popular then, but there was no meditation class. So we actually popularized the concept of a meditation class in the, um, you know, like in the UAE on a regular basis. And so our clients would come for, all these uh, topics on a variety of um, on like a variety of different um, like your meditations and things like that and and then in JLT when we opened our branch in 2011 we also started offering workshops uh, trainings private consultations um, retreats wellness retreats which is what we do um, today corporate wellness retail products so it's kind of like a one stop shop mm. for all your holistic healing mental well-being and personal growth needs. And when you're talking about holistic healing, right. how would you, just to clarify it for all the listeners, like how would you define that? So holistic healing comes from the Greek word to be whole. Okay, and what does it mean to be whole? What it means to be whole is when you meet somebody, you only meet them at one level of existence, which is the physical level, right? But there are so many aspects within us which influence and create the life that we experience. And these um, these aspects or um, like these elements include your mind, your body, your energy, and your emotions. Okay? So when you look at an individual or when you perceive somebody and you perceive them as a holistic being, you understand and take into account that they are just not the physical body. They are also their mind. Mm. They also come with their emotions and their energy. So, for example, if I walk into a room, you know, you know, sometimes you walk into a room and you meet a person and you get a certain vibe. What is that vibe? That vibe is basically your energy, you know, sensing their energy. And this is what we call chemistry. So when two energies are synergistic and compatible, that's when we say chemistry. Or, or you can also walk into a room and you can meet somebody and they could be smiling, but mm. within them, they're, you know, depressed or they're not feeling very good about themselves. And these are such important key elements, which, you know, like a lot of people don't take into consideration. So what you see is not always the real picture. So when you look, so when you treat um, like an individual as a holistic um, being, you take into approach, so you take into account that they are not, just not um, like the body. There are also many of these aspects, and each of these aspects will create and influence their life. So, for example, when you go to a doctor, a doctor will only treat you on the level of the body. Okay. So, for example, if you have a symptom of a headache, he'll give you pills to help you um, um, just to remove or 
or like you release the symptom. But when you work with a holistic practitioner, they take into account the causality. They start to explore why is it that you have the headache in the first place. So if you can identify and determine the cause of the headache, so the headache could be coming from um, your emotions, from your anxiety, from stress. So where does stress start from? Stress starts off as something psychological and ends up becoming something physiological. So when we approach an individual from a holistic perspective and treat them from a holistic perspective, we're able to take into account all these aspects and explore the causality so that the symptom won't resurface again. Okay. Yeah. And when it comes to something like stress, because right. I really want to get into that, mm -hmm. it's something that a lot of us deal with greatly yes. on a daily basis. For sure. Um, from the illumination side, Right. Um, what are kind of the uh, different areas on how you tackle that? And then also from a personal side, how do you tackle it? Because I'm also <laughs> curious about maybe your um, tricks or practices in order to deal with something like stress. Sure, definitely. So, you know, as we all know, stress starts off as something psychological and then ends up becoming something physiological, mm. okay? So it starts with the mind and ends up in the body. And we give it power. Exactly. Yeah. And doctors estimate that a large amount of the illnesses that people, you know, experience today or the symptoms is due to stress, okay? So our understanding of how stress originates from is that everything in life starts with a thought, okay? So thought is the root of all creation. Every thought will generate an emotion that you feel, Okay. So, for example, if the thought is your job. Now, depending on your experience, that job might generate an emotion of happiness if you're passionate about what you do and you love what you do. Or if you don't enjoy what you do, it will generate an emotion of fear. This fear affects you on the energy levels. Okay, because we are beings made up of energy. E equals MC squared. We are matter, which means we are energy. Okay, the, so this energy level eventually seeps into your physical body okay so if you wake up in the morning you know let's just say you know you're feeling very good about yourself and your life um, you're living your life with purpose and intention um, so you're going to go to work and even if there's a traffic jam you're feeling great about yourself you know um, like you get to work um, it's a lot of traffic you're you know like you have a, like a lot to do but still you're in a great space okay what happens is that suddenly you get a call that something has happened to one of your loved ones and you got to rush back to another country or back home. What's going to happen to your energy? Right then and there, the thought of the loss of somebody is going to generate an emotion of fear. If you continue to hold on to that fear, that fear will become anxiety, become worry. Okay. If you continue to harbor these emotions and you don't address them, eventually it'll affect your energy level. So you'll feel very low. You won't have the energy to properly drive home. You'll start feeling like you have a headache. Okay. So this is something that we go through on an everyday basis. Your thoughts you know, link directly to your emotions, which influence your energy level and manifest into the body, okay? So that's how we explain how stress originates. Now, at Illuminations, what we help you to do, we help you to address stress at its core level, okay? At its causality, you know, your, so your stress comes from your thoughts, okay? Now, a consistent pattern of the same thoughts, okay, if you're not addressing them, will eventually affect your emotions. So if your thought is, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my job, okay? The emotion is going to be fear, right? Now, we help you identify where is this thought coming from? So every thought comes from a belief, right? The 
belief is I'm going to lose my job and I will not have anything or I'm going to be in lack. Okay. And where is that belief coming from? That belief is coming from an experience in the past. Okay. So every thought, okay, is related to a belief which comes from an experience. And this experience, when I say the past, it can come from your childhood. It can come from, you know, like whichever experience where you identified strongly with that emotion and held on to it. So when we work with clients and when they come to us, the first thing we do is we identify their thought patterns, okay? We also work on the level of their emotions, okay? We also help them um, like address and help them to balance and re-energize um, like their energy levels. And eventually, if the, if the stress has seeped into the physical body, we also have modalities which are based on natural um, like healing and yeah, medicine, which help them to address the issues which are, you know, which can be related to chronic aches and pains, which help them work with the body. So we provide modalities which work on the level of your body, your energy, your emotions, and your thoughts. And with um, like this integrated um, like approach, the idea or the purpose is for us to basically release that stress and bring you back into integrity, back into balance. And wow, that's super insightful. Like, because yeah. I, I never really thought about how stress is caused. Right. So I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, because you know it's really important to understand the causality. Because if you don't, if you don't address the core, the the symptom will resurface. So, for example, um, um, you know, if you know, like you have a wall, and you know, you have like the monsoon coming in, and all the paint peels off. Once the monsoon is over, you might repaint the wall. But what happens again when the next monsoon comes in? Yeah. Again, the paint's going to peel off. So what do we do? We identify where the holes are, okay? We address them. We put the chemical uh, peel, you know, like yeah. like whatever it is that's required. We cover it up and we ensure that next time there's an issue that it won't resurface again. And then from from your end, right. Um and now I'm probably thinking more on a daily practice sure. sort of level. Um, what kind of practices do you have that deal with potentially stress? Or going the other way, how do you amplify inner peace? How do I amplify inner peace? Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> so um, over the last uh, 12 years, I've obviously gained a lot of uh, knowledge, um, awareness and experience in a lot of different holistic healing practices. So I say what's really important is to create your daily spiritual ritual, okay? And your daily spiritual ritual involves everything, um, you know, which can work on the level of your thoughts, the level of your emotions, level of your energy and your body. So to take care of my body, I actually work out five to six times a week because it's really important for me and it makes me feel very good, you know? Uh, what I do on the level of my thoughts is I practice a mantra or a meditation, not every day, but I would say two to three times a week. Mm. To work on my energy levels, I swear by breathing techniques. Mm. Um, it could be like if I'm anxious about work or if I have a little bit of anxiety or if I'm completely overwhelmed, just a few minutes of focusing on my breath and redirecting my focus to allow my breath uh, to slow down really, really helps me a lot. How do you get into, like, so as soon as you realize that, okay, I'm feeling anxious, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed, what do you mean by let me focus on my breath? Like, how do you do that? So I would say it's not a, it's not a reactive approach. It's a proactive approach, which I feel like daily self-care rituals are extremely important. So if you're an entrepreneur, you know, work and life demands a lot from you. Um, 
like I guess in any profession mm. rather. But you you know, it's not a nine to five. It's basically an ongoing process. <laughs> so there's no nine and there's no five. So what I've done or, you know, like what I tell people is that we're creatures of habit. So if you want to, you know, practice anything, everything requires consistency, right? So for example, like a lot of people come into illuminations and they have this amazing awareness and they do these workshops and they have these private consultations and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. My life is completely changed. But I always tell them that it's great today, right? But because we're a creature of habits, when you go back into your everyday routine, you might fall back into your emotional and behavioral patterns. So what you must do is create your own daily self-care ritual. And for each individual, it completely depends on what you resonate with. I really resonate with breath work. I really resonate with going to the gym. I really resonate with mantras that I do on a regular basis. Uh, I find knowledge amazing simply by watching um, like an inspiring movie or reading a book. Um, I I really am an avid reader. So I like to keep up with, you know, what's new out there, what's a different perspective on healing and well-being. But even something simple like, you know, connecting with nature is so important. And I found that uh, with age, like, you know, to step out of your office and just take a walk on the beach or just be on the beach or or like in the sun without obviously no screen time. <laughs> that is like ex extremely essential. So each um, like each person creates their own ritual. But I find like I do so many of these things on a daily basis because I feel it's not even a luxury. It's, it's a necessity in order for you to, you know, retain your energy and to be in balance. Um, one of the other things that I do is I use bath salts, for example, because it helps you to clear all the energy um, like after a really long day. Um, at work and you know sometimes we take an energy from everything like a conversation we had or like an argument or maybe on the phone or 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 like on Instagram so I just like to clear my mind before I go to bed so that I can you know wake up fresh and for a new day and new opportunities so how do you deal with so I think because we're so connected these days mm -hmm. we're so much more prone to negative energy right. and um, not necessarily negative people but just negative influence how do you deal with that on an individual basis so um like like i guess early on in my career i also had this thing of what's like you know positive people and negative people mm. um i don't like to label anything as positive or negative because everything is an experience and everything is an energy you know so the moment i say this is negative okay i like to automatically my mind will try to avoid those kind of situations and people all right, but those, but that negativity can might be essential for my growth. Okay, and then I like to gravitate to what I perceive as positive. So at the end of the day, whatever is negative and whatever is positive is my perception. So, for example, if I were to ask you a question, um, do you believe that killing somebody is wrong? Mm. You would say yes, of yeah. course, right? But if you talk to people in an army and you know, and they just won like a gold. Um, like a medal because they were able to kill 20 soldiers of the opposing army. So what is right and what is wrong? Like yeah. right and wrong is all a matter of perspective. And depending on the phase of life we're in, like what I thought was wrong when I was in my 20s, I might find absolutely fine today. And when I'm in my 40s, I might think what I did today was wrong. So I've tried to remove myself from the belief that whatever is like positive or negative, because it's actually what I perceived as negative were the greatest learning lessons of my life. So people who would trigger me in a certain way, rather than running, away, like rather than running away from them and say, oh, these people are toxic. You know, I would say, if this person is triggering me and if I perceive them as toxic, 
what is it that I can learn from them and where are they pressing me and where are they triggering me? And if I can learn to become neutral, that is where my learning lies. Mm. So I really bow my head down to people who actually have been, you know, my greatest challenges in life or who provide me with my greatest challenges because I feel like those are the people who I've learned the most. And I know it sounds very cliche, but that's the actual truth. And when we can get out of positive and negative, I would say what's limiting, you know? So what's limiting, like what's the limiting energy is if I'm operating out of fear. So fear for me is limiting. And I can feel that fear in my mind. I can feel that fear in my body. And, you know, when we tune into ourselves, we can identify with what is limiting for us and what is expansive for us. So, of course, when we have like a journey or when we go on a journey, there are certain, you know, things which I, you know, like, or like activities or hobbies, which I indulged in my 20s, which I found, you know, which I find very limiting today, you know, and that keeps progressing over time. So I don't really look at things as positive and negative, to be 100% honest. And when did you... So I think that the, the summary of that really is that perception creates reality. Oh, completely. How, when did that click for you? So for example, like each in us... Is, so each of us have so many different facets to our personality, right? So because we live in a world of duality, we each have a very light side and we each have a very dark side, Okay. Um, and we are both those people and both those are very real aspects within us. So there are times where we feel anger, we feel hatred towards certain people or certain situations, we feel fear, okay? And there are other times where we feel so much in love with life, uh, so happy, so passionate. And both of these are dual personalities within us. And this exists within every individual. Why? Because we live in a world of duality, okay? Okay. So when I found that when I started to change my perception of people, okay, so for example, when I walk into this room, I think of Stefan as a kind, nice, amazing, gentle human being, right? When you walk out of this room and you meet, say, for example, another person or, or like your colleague, so he might perceive Stefan as being rude, obnoxious, never f following rules, you know, and both of these are real aspects within you. Which side I choose to bring out within you is completely on me. So this depends on my perception, my consciousness, how I treat you, how I behave with you, my energy. So the moment I shift in perspective, the moment I shift in my thoughts, the moment I shift in my behavior, my entire dynamics with you will change. And I will bring out a side to you, which is your best side. So now you might walk into the room and somebody else might perceive you or label you as something completely different. And both of us are correct. So And that is what I found to be completely different. So when I started to change, even with my parents, for example, with my dad, I struggled a lot because when I got into spirituality, he's like, I spent so much money on your education and now you're <laughs> going to go and become a quack. He's like, what is this spirituality? And we come from a conservative family. And a lot of my work is with, you know, like with Yuvraj or a lot of other male teachers. I went to some guru in India and I brought him over to my house. And my father was like, you know, like because you hear all these stories about these gurus and how they take advantage of young girls and how they wash their, you know, like they brainwash them. So my dad thought I was going through one of those phases and he's just and he was really upset with me. And we would battle all the time because I, I really wanted to be in this field and I didn't know that it was going to earn me a living, but I just loved it. And my father was initially opposed, um, like with the idea. But as I started to change and I started to apply the beliefs and philosophies, um, so much of my perception towards my father changed. Um, my behavior towards my father changed. And when I found out like my dad was really ill, I said, you know, he might not be around forever. So if I don't change 
myself and my behavior and my my dynamics with him today, I might regret it for the rest mm. of my life. And I really was able to adopt this. And I saw my dad becoming like a completely different person. So my dad was actually really sick when I opened my center. In fact, um, um, like the day I had the launch of Illuminations, my dad had an open heart surgery. And I didn't know this because he was supposed to have it 24 hours later, after which I was supposed to fly down to Mumbai. So he calls me up and he says, you know, I'm not going to pre-pull my surgery. I'm going to have it today. And I said, Papa, how could you have it today? I'm opening Illuminations today. It was 2011. Um, so he said, no, no, it's okay. Because my dad was just very casual about life and things. And I just said, are you crazy? And um, ever since then, like, you know, my relationship with my dad was amazing. And he passed away actually in 2012. And he never, and he came to Illuminations only once for the first time. And when he saw me in 2012, he was just like, I am so proud of you. I'm so glad you never listened to me. And, you know, and when he saw the space and he saw the practitioners and we had a training going on, he's like, I thought you were just opening some small yoga center. I didn't realize you were opening this big platform. And my dad, who was, you know, very strong willed, um, started crying, you know, like in front of me on a wheelchair. So I felt I had his blessing before he passed away. And after that, obviously, he could never come back because he had an operation. Obviously, that was not successful. So he could never make it back to the center. So, So for me... Like, you know, my complete perspective on this whole theory changed because I applied it with my own parents, like, to start with. And then I started seeing this with a lot of friends as well. Like, when we change and we stop judging people, we actually give them an opportunity because, like, within us, you know, we, know, we all have love in us. We all have love and insight to our personality. And a lot of our programmings, our behaviors, our patterns are because of the issues that we went back, you know, like, had in our past. And a lot of people are struggling with their own battles, and it's never really personal. So when we start to take things personally, that's our learning. But when we can see people for what they are, rather than trying to identify with them constantly, that's when we get triggered. So so how can we focus more on the love rather than the judging and the hate? Wow, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I'm just, I'm just curious, um, because I often feel that when people are very judgmental or mm-hmm. hateful towards others, it's it's very much a reflection of themselves. And right. it's very much them dealing with something or them dealing with an insecurity. Right. So I suppose I kind of answered my own questions yeah. because you, you do have to deal with, right, with right. that aspect of it, right? Exactly. So, you know, I think it's it's your own personal journey and I find it's, you know, which is why I started Illuminations, right? So for people to focus on their personal journey um, or their personal journey of evolution as a key to lasting happiness because as you begin to change um, yourself and as you begin to evolve, automatically these judgments will melt away. And it's a journey. Like, I'm not going to say here, like, you know, on, you know, um, you know, going on record saying I don't judge people because it's automatic. You know, sometimes it's like subconscious even within us. You know, it could be based on our childhood. It could be based on our programs. But the moment I feel like I'm judging somebody, as I start to heal myself, as I start to work on my issues, as I start to understand that whatever is happening around me is happening within me, and if I can change what's within my own world, within myself, I will then see a change within my external world. And all your spiritual practices, our religions are based on that. When we change what's in our microcosm, we then are able to influence our macrocosm. Yeah. You know, and I think for me, that was why I started Luminations. And I find that today that even if we do find ourselves judging um, um, like other people, we have the ability to take a deep breath pause, um, catch our thoughts and take a step back. And that's complete awareness. And I guess awareness is the key to transformation. And awareness is that first step. So 
fine, I am judging you or I am being angry. As long as I'm, I'm uh, like I do operate with a certain level of awareness, that is when I'm able to consciously be mindful, take a step back and then really try to reflect on why I'm angry in the first place. And I think that is true spirituality because to tell people that you're never going to be angry or you're never going to judge somebody, that's setting a very high benchmark that a lot of us can't seem to always achieve at every given point in time, you know? Because we live in a world of duality. Pain is inevitable, you know, where we experience uh, joy. We're also going to experience a lot of pain. We're going to get triggered. But it's it's our ability to move out of that emotion, take a step back, and then really, again, try to address it from a different perspective. And for me, that is true enlightenment mm. when you can do that. It's not about getting angry because, you know, we are human beings. We get upset with our colleagues. Uh, we have fights in relationships. And anger is also a healthy expression at times, you know. Pain is also extremely important. Pain has a time. So sometimes when people come to illuminations, they have this deep desire to get rid of their pain because they don't want to experience it because it's too painful. But sometimes you have to move through that pain, allow the pain to process you know, there is also learning in pain. As much as people want to run away from pain and run towards what's pleasurable, like feel positive and feel happy, pain is also a very important lesson. And this is something I've really, really experienced myself. So I think that is, it's the ability to be conscious and be aware. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, one one question I have for you is, mm-hmm. I think there's quite a few people who are self-aware, but they're still lost. And by lost, I mean they might not be on the path to finding their purpose or they're sort of um, like afraid that they're not going to find their purpose. How do you give advice to those? Basically, my question is those who haven't found their purpose yet or they their true calling, what would you say to them? All right. So for for me... Uh, what's been one of the most important lessons of my life uh, is that the art of knowing when to do and when to be. Okay, it's a fine balance between the two. So the art of knowing when to do or when to act, um, when to create, uh, when to be proactive about things in life. Um, Maybe it's starting a new job or starting a new career or like a business. There's going to be so much which is involved, which will require you to do, you know. And you create and you create and you create. And then then there's a fine line where, all right, I've created and now is my time to surrender. Now is my time to let go. And now is my time to be and let life take its own course. So it's that fine art of knowing when to do and when to be. You know, a lot of the things that, you know, in spirituality or in this whole new age phenomena is this concept of manifestation. Mm. Like I can manifest my way through anything. I can constantly, you know, choose my thoughts and this whole law of attraction. And this law of attraction is definitely useful on so many levels. I mean, it's changed so many aspects about myself. Number one is taking responsibility for my life that I have created this so I can uncreate it and I have a power to recreate it. And that's really amazing, right? But there's a fine line that you have the art of manifestation and the art of surrender and the art of allowing. And that requires maturity and patience. And sometimes like in our spiritual journey, there comes a time when we don't need to do, we just need to be. Like be mindful of every moment. We're so running after a journey, you know, like we're on this journey, we're running after um, like a destination. The universe is infinite. At every given point of time, there might be a new purpose. So 
today I'm right here in front of you saying that illuminations is my purpose. Um, you know, it's to spread awareness on the power of the self, mind, and consciousness. Tomorrow, that purpose may very well change. And that purpose may be to, I want to start a nonprofit initiative where I want to help kids who are underprivileged. And my purpose will completely change. So at every given point, your purpose is always changing. So I would say, um, be mindful of the present moment. And that's the that's the greatest, you know, lesson that I've learned, you know. When my dad was alive, like, there's so many things I took for granted. Like, he was just in the other room. I could go talk to him at any time. And I was so busy. I was so busy building illuminations. I was so busy creating and manifesting and my own, working on my inner child and, you know, going to different ashrams. And, and all that time, I was just trying to find a journey. And then suddenly, you know, like my father passed away and I was just like, oh, I would love to have had more time with my dad just sitting in the room and just having a conversation with him and being in the moment, you know. So a lot of it also has to do with completely being in the moment. And when you're ready, there's something called divine timing. And I really have believed in that more than ever before. There are times in my life I have worked my way through so many things and they haven't been achieved. And suddenly I just take a holiday for three months, completely forgetting about it, leaving it in the corner, and three months later or six months later, on their own, somebody will call me and be like, exactly what I wanted, but maybe a year and a half later. So sometimes there's a journey that we need to go through. And I think being spiritually aware and being conscious and being mindful, as we continue to practice meditation, as we continue to work on our inner selves, the universe is speaking to us and communicating to us at every given point in time through our intuition. And when we're quiet, we're really able to listen. And if we're able to listen and, and tune in, I think a lot of us know that every moment has its own purpose. And the purpose will reveal itself when you're ready. You know, because you are doing your, as long as you are, you are doing your bit, the art of doing and the art of being. And I think that's where we need to learn, you know, to create a balance between the two. Wow. So That's a really, really good way of putting it. That's been my, that's been one of my learnings, like biggest learnings of life. I think the surrender part is completely. something that people are not, haven't explored. Yes, because I of. think, you know, we are all, you know, like to be in control of our life. And human beings love to be in control. You know, that's control is, you know, our inbuilt uh, way of operating. And we, and we feel that the more we do, the more value we have, and we can control more and we can create more. But there comes a time in life where, you know, some things in life happen to us and it's out of our control. Like, for example, loss, death, Illnesses, sometimes despite, you know, you, like, so we know people who are so healthy, they're vegans, they, you know, they, they have, a, you know, the best lifestyle, and yet they get cancer. So this is something that's, that in their perspective is out of their control, because they did everything they can to make sure that they're, you know, going to be, live a healthy life, and suddenly something is thrown at them. So life throws us curveballs mm. all the time. And that's when it, you know, gives us a wake up call that, you know, not everything in life is um, like in your control but what is in your control is your response so if I can master my response in every given situation then how does it matter what the end game is <laughs> yeah I really like that yeah. I want to go back on a couple of things you said before sure one is inner child work mm -hmm. could you explain to us what that is and how it works right so inner child is probably one of the most powerful approaches in regression or hypnosis um you know, that we can work with. Um, so like 80% of our of the issues that we face in our current life or the triggers that we experience 
come from the past, you know, um, which is our childhood. Okay. So whenever we have a traumatic experience, okay, what happens is that a part of us, you know, uh, gets stuck in that experience. Okay. So for example, if you had an abusive parent, okay, so the abuse gets stuck with you um, within the experience. All right. And then once you get stuck to the experience, you attach yourself to it. And then you begin to define yourself by that experience. The moment you do that, a part of your consciousness gets frozen in time. So whilst the rest of you is growing and evolving within you, okay, there is an element or um, what we call uh, the inner child, okay, which is still at the age of when they went and experienced that trauma whilst the rest of you is evolving and growing. And what happens is that if there's anything in the environment, okay, which reminds us or reflects uh, that trauma back to us or, you know, that is when we get triggered. So, for example, we never respond to people or situations for what they are. We respond to people or situation based on the subconscious conflict stored in the inner space. So when we work with the inner child, the inner child is basically a subconscious conflict, okay, which is stored in our inner space based on another time and space from our past, okay? And for example, if in our environment, if we come across people or situations, okay, which remind us of that conflict, we then end up reacting. And that becomes our trigger for repetitive emotional and behavioral patterns, which are limiting. So what we help people do is we help them regress and go back into that child and give the child uh, the nurturing, love, care, and attention because what happens is that there is a void. So what the, the need of what they required at that time was not met. So we help them to fulfill that need by working in their subconscious space. And remember, in the subconscious space, there's no time and there's no space. So in your subconscious, everything that you are right now is happening to you right now. So your past is happening within you, your future, you, you are being influenced by your past and your future within you at this very moment in time. So when we regress a client, uh, we take them back to their past and we help them to resolve the trauma and eventually integrate and bring that child back to their current personality. And there's a lot of healing that happens because there was a certain learning, you know, from that experience. Because when we're born, you know, we, uh, you know, our parents are chosen for us, you know. It was, not a, it was not a conscious choice that we made to choose these parents. So at a much higher level, okay, before we incarnated, we actually chose a lot of the situations and circumstances which will provide us with the learning in order for us to evolve and grow. So when we're able to identify that learning and become aware of it, that learning will seep in every aspect of our life. It'll be in our health, it'll be in our relationships, it'll be in our career. But once we identify our core learning, we're able to then transform that and that becomes our blueprint and that is how people find their purpose. Mm -hmm. Is when they actually release all the obstacles that are coming in the way of their purpose. Because their purpose is already there. Their blueprint is already within you. You, each one of us has a unique signature as to why we're here and our contribution to life. And I truly believe that. You know, each, each one of us has a unique, like, like so many people tell me that, oh, you should go and be an influencer. You should, but it's, it's just never going to be my personality. It's just something I cannot do because I cannot be like X, Y, and Z. I have my own uniqueness and my own signature. And in the right time and place, it will, it will you know, wherever I can contribute, that will come out best. 
But if I'm trying to be like X, Y, and Z, we own, you know, it's so individual and it's our own blueprint and we can't be like anybody else. And so, so, so we help people to really um, hold, you know, I guess, apply this in their life. And is there any way that we can apply this to our lives without seeking external help? So for instance, um, doing the inner child work, Mm -hmm. are there practices that I can do today uh, in order to do something like that? Sure. Sometimes um, working with, you know, so a lot of people, they suppress their pain, you know, and they suppress their pain and they find many voids. You know, this void can be retail therapy, it can be alcohol, it can be any type of substance abuse. Um, If a person has gone through a lot of trauma in their childhood, they consciously suppress it. So for them to, um, to address it on their own sometimes can be challenging unless they have a life or death threatening uh, moment. So for example, if a loved one passes away, like some people will be in trauma and suffering and abuse and substance abuse, and suddenly there's a life event and they completely change. So that can happen. But for an individual to address these issues, um, if they're especially if they're extremely traumatic, can sometimes be a little bit challenging because no software has the ability to detect its own virus. Right. So sometimes we're not able to observe and perceive ourselves from a neutral perspective. So, for example, if you had a parent who you loved so much, who then abused you, it's very difficult to see it from a neutral perspective. Mm -hmm. So what a facilitator helps you to do, a neutral facilitator will help is like a beautiful mirror. It will basically help you reflect on exactly what's happening in your own inner space and help guide you from point A to point B. But the choice to move and walk from point A to point B is always you. However, there are a lot of practices which people, you know, can do. There, there is 2% of the world's population that operates on willpower. And if you really have the will and the desire to change and the consciousness just sets in, then that's your destiny and that's an amazing thing. But usually a lot of people, if they want, if if they desire to seek, you know, a, like a transformation in their life, it's important either to have a mentor, a guide, anyone who can help you to address your issues from a neutral perspective. Because as as hard as you may try, sometimes when they are traumatic, you're not able to become so neutral. And for those that find it intimidating to seek external help, for whatever reason it may be, especially in the region that we're in, I yeah. feel... It often is, right. or um, or they often might not even believe in it. Hmm. What would you say to them? Well, they don't need to believe in healing. They don't need to believe in energy. But uh, working with the inner child has is is also involving a lot of um, science based practices like psychotherapy techniques and psychology techniques. So, you know, it's it's amazing that you did address that because you know at Illuminations, what we aim to actually do is not so much tell people we're a clinic, you know, or we're a mental health institute. Uh, What we wanted to do is we wanted to create a non-intimidating environment where people can come and just seek, seek more knowledge, seek more awareness, seek more information. And so what we aim to do is the moment you say it's a clinic or the moment you say I'm going to a doctor, that means automatically, subconsciously, we think something is wrong with us. But sometimes when people are simply seeking, 
you know, just more knowledge. Like I'm interested in how the chakras work or I'm interested in how psychology works. A lot of our practices are based on science and psychology practices. So depending on the individual, we address a lot of the concepts that we promote at Illuminations will appeal to the conscious logical mind. So nobody can say, I don't believe in this. Mm. All right. They, may, they might not apply it in their life. They might not sign up for it because they're not ready. But a lot of like most people of course, we'll agree that a lot of who we are today is a result of our past. That's something that cannot be ignored. But how people choose to address them is that we we attempt to create a non-intimidating environment by simply providing um, like awareness talks, like awareness talks on the power of the mind and the power of mind sciences. And especially with the millennial generation, the where the awareness is growing, we are noticing more and more people um, already knowing so much more about like healing and holistic healing and hypnotherapy, that we no longer feel like we are providing awareness. We're just providing a service because earlier on, people didn't know what the mind is. They didn't know what the law of attraction is. They don't know what psychology is. You know, like all these concepts were so new to them. But today with the awareness on wellness, everybody knows probably more than I do mm. in terms of, you know, but it's just a matter of applying the knowledge in your life, which is what gives you wisdom, right? So, which is why, we really, really promote a daily self-care ritual, which is meditation, which is mindfulness techniques. And like example, with the corporates, we do a lot of mindfulness uh, workshops because this is a science-based practice for you to become more mindful of your thoughts. And this obviously has a lot of, um, you know, benefits like, um, like resulting in greater productivity, um, clarity of thought, which is why you see it's so popular amongst corporate organizations today. So people are slowly catching on to this whole wellness philosophy. But I just think it's a matter of time where people will realize that everybody in life has the same issues. We all have the same issues, fear, hopes, dreams, and aspirations. And that's what makes us all equal, regardless of whatever social strata you come from, whatever your background is, whatever your religion is. Everyone has a desire to live happier, healthier, and productive lives. And, you know, people are seeking modalities, be it in wellness or be it in fitness, in order for them to be able to achieve that. What do you feel are currently the biggest misconceptions in the well-being and mental health industry? Well, I think that largely also has to do with this whole new age approach, you know, when we talk about... Uh, like negative energy or like black magic, things like that. You know, when we promote things like that, people are just like, wait, you know, this is all just too much like spiritual, you know, jargon, which they can't really understand. So, and it becomes very illogical. Like my whole intention or philosophy was to provide spirituality, which appeals to the conscious logical mind. And that's been one of my main um, purposes is that it should appeal to everybody. So one of the, you know, one of the aspects which I find is that when people go too much into, um, too much into an extreme, rather, like, oh, if you have a headache, then it must be a negative energy inside you, or it's like an entity which has gotten attached to you. So I like to be practical, you know, so, and every healing has its place. So allopathy has its place, doctors have their place. What happens is like, if I'm going through a health concern or chronic ache and pain, and somebody says, oh, you don't need to go to a doctor, just go to a healer. I don't agree with that. And I, and I do not prescribe to that philosophy because whatever we're doing is complementary to mainstream um, uh, tr treatment. We are not an alternative like to treatment. 
So when people um, package spirituality or healing as an extreme alternative, like to mainstream medicine, that's something I feel uh, it kind of turns a lot of people off because, of course, if you have cancer, sometimes you need to do the chemotherapy. What we help you to do is we help you to do techniques uh, so that you can reduce the effects of the chemotherapy on your body. Mm. And then we become complementary. You know, we become synergistic rather than become opposing. And I think that is where a lot of doctors or people in the government, they get a bit, you know, opposed with this because it's the way people package it. Yeah, I think I've realized that as well, that there's there's always this view of that there's two extremes. Right. That there's the medicinal route and then there's the holistic healing route. But yeah. it, as a matter of fact, there... It's about a, like finding like the right balance and each healing has its place. And mm. it's about knowing when to utilize which treatment for for what. So. I wanted to quickly talk about meditation. Sure. It's something that I've been doing for a very long time and, right. and it's provided a lot of different benefits for me. I just feel that I always have problems explaining to people how to get into it mm-hmm. um, and how to really start it off. Do you have any advice on kind of the first step to take if someone wants to meditate today for the first time? Sure. So one of the most simple uh, ways to enter into a state of meditation. What is meditation? Meditation is just basically uh, bringing your awareness, okay, and focusing your thoughts um, and basically trying to collectively allow your thoughts to slow down so that you can, you know, observe your thoughts rather than react to them, okay? Uh, so basically, in short, what you're trying to do is you're slower, you're, you're, you're trying to lower your brain waves because obviously we're so active in our operations, like, you know, like in terms of our everyday life. And when we're so active, you know, the mind, that creates stress on the body, okay? So with meditation, what we're trying to do is we're trying to slow ourselves down. And I find that one of the best ways to slow ourselves down is a lot of people think that, oh, I have to stop my thoughts, okay? So if I say, uh, don't think of a red box. What's the first thing you're going to think about yeah. is a red box. And the moment I put more pressure, okay, on um, you know, like on the practice to stop my thoughts, uh, that is when I'm not able to meditate, okay? So thoughts are great. I mean, you know, like, and, and they're amazing. And thoughts can provide you a lot of feedback as to where, like, what's happening in your space, okay? The goal is to be able to observe your thoughts, okay? So... It's like, for example, if you have the sea and the sea has a lot of rough waves, okay? If you go and if you penetrate and dive deep down into the ocean, you will find that there's only calm and stillness. Even though the shore, you will, you will find the waves very choppy. That's exactly how our mind is, okay? So even though on the surface where it's extremely choppy, so much noise about what we need to do, our task list, our relationship, our health, our parents, etc., etc., at any given point in time, you have access, okay, and have the ability to dive deep down into that tranquil space, which lies deep within yourself, for example. Okay. And the best way to do that is by observation and breath. These are the two best ways. So for example, if I say close your eyes and focus on your breath. Okay. And whenever your mind wanders away from your breath, very lovingly and gently bring your awareness once again back to your breathing. So it's like that child, you know, and that child is running off. Very gently and very lovingly, like how you would do to your own child, you would bring them back again to your breathing. Now, whilst you're, uh, like, whilst you repeat this process, and I ask you to continue to focus on your breath, so take a deep breath in 
add out, in and out for a few moments. Okay. And let's say you do this for like 10 rounds. Okay. And every time you breathe, I now ask you to become aware of your breathing. And whenever your mind is being distracted and whenever you catch the distraction, again, lovingly bring it back. In that process, I will then bring you out of this practice and I will ask you, so where did your mind wander to? And then you'll write it down. You'll say, my mind wandered to my health, uh, you know, my, my relationship. And that is where your mind is providing you feedback of what needs to be addressed. Okay, so now the moment I become aware of what needs to be addressed, I ask you to repeat the process again this time. And now that you see your thoughts as a feedback rather than a distraction, automatically you're able to go in a space of stillness and go deeper and deeper and deeper with each round. And I have found that to be extremely powerful because most people see their breath as the, I mean, sorry, their thoughts as the, as the distraction or as the barrier to enter that tranquil state. Whilst your thoughts are your best friend. They're, they're providing with your greatest feedback. If you observe where your mind is running away to, that is when you can start to address all the issues in your life as well as, you know, become a lot more grounded and centered within yourself. Now, what happens with meditation is that when people have a lot of trauma and pain that they're not dealing with, for them, the moment they start going within that inner space, they're uncomfortable. Either they'll start to get a backache, either they will, they will do whatever they can to run away from that pain because nobody wants to experience pain, right? Pain is very hurtful. It's, it's painful. So when, if we've, so, you know, back to your earlier question, when you said, do people need a life coach or, you know, uh, like, you know, can they work on their inner child? They can, provided they're able to move through that pain. Mm -hmm. So if you can sit there and feel that pain that, and, and experience all the catharsis that comes along with that pain, then you have the courage to work on yourself. But 99 or 98% of the people sometimes find that challenging. It's not impossible, it, it, like, like it can be challenging. Which is why we run away to um, alcohol or womanizing or substance abuse, because we're trying to run away from that pain as much as possible. So to actually tell somebody, wait a second, go and sit with that pain, experience it every single day and remind yourself of it, how painful is that going to be for them? And that's why they find meditating difficult. But as, start, as, as you start to work on yourself and start to, you know, go on this journey of personal evolution, because it is a journey. It's not like a, a blue pill. Like I can't say that in one healing session, you might have amazing transformation. But a lot of people in Dubai, they're looking for a blue pill. That I'm paying you 550 dirhams, make me feel better. It's about a journey. It's about a journey of awareness and consciousness. And these are the people who truly find transforming experiences within this journey. Otherwise, if you're looking for a blue pill, nobody, as no matter how much you, 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 know, you pay them, can walk this journey for you. And if this pain has to be experienced, you need to move through that pain, experience that pain, learn from that pain, and then move forward. And I think that's one, because one of my next questions was going to be, how can we become more comfortable with ourselves and being by ourselves? But I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Right. You need to move through that pain. Exactly. As we start to move through that pain and the pain no longer is perceived as something negative, it's perceived as something which is just an experience. Like, for example, we're on a train, okay, or on the metro. And each stop in the metro provides us with a different experience. If we get off at Mall of the Emirates, we'll see crowd. If we get off at um, JLT, we'll see something else. So we're all on a journey, you know, and each stop provides us with experiences of pain and experiences of pleasure. 
The problem is, is that we attach ourselves to the pressure and then we want to run away from that pain. Mm. But like they say in Buddhism, you know, when you can detach yourself from both the pain and the pleasure, that is when you can experience happiness because you see both the experience for nothing else but an experience. Yeah, and I think our and biggest, that's the challenge. And our yeah. biggest pain lies in attachment. Completely in attachment because that's the way the mind is built. Mm. The, the, the subconscious mind is built to hold on to your experiences because its job is to keep you alive. So if I attach myself to that experience and I define myself that experience, the next time I'm faced with a similar experience, I can protect myself and run away. So that's why we are built in with this whole survival mechanism. And the subconscious mind is sticky. It tends to hold on to experience. So just because I got burnt once, my mind tells me, oh, you might get burnt again. So now you must develop fear as a defense mechanism to protect you. Right. So the segment that we're going to move into now is three questions. And these three questions, uh, the segment is called asking for a friend. Mm -hmm. So I think if you remember when you were in school, you might have always thought about questions that you wanted to ask, but you didn't ask because you might have been slightly afraid to. Right. So that's what these are about, but they're very straightforward questions. So the first sure. one is, you're an avid reader. So what's the best book you've read in the past year? So there's a book uh, by Dr. Habib Sadegi called The Clarity Cleanse. And uh, it's a book that um, I was introduced to by a good friend of mine. And um, I was going through a couple of uh, healing sessions myself. And one of the most um, uh, transforming perceptions of like for me about how I perceive my issue was that sometimes you have to be with the issue. You have to accept the issue and you have to sit with your pain uh, rather than just trying to always avoid it. Okay, I'm going to go to this healer so she can work on an energy healing so I don't feel this pain. I, and I think how I perceived my pain is something that was a great. It was it was a great transformation for me. It was also like it's also written by um, like a medical doctor mm. who's um, heavily uh, prescribes like holistic and metaphysical um, like approaches to resolve uh, diseases with clients. Okay. So before treating anybody uh, and providing them or prescribing them any medication, he helps them to basically you know we store a lot of our issues in our tissues. And whenever we don't hold, you know, so whenever we hold on to trauma, trauma again gets stuck in our emotions. These emotions influence our energies and then eventually get stuck in the body. So sometimes simply by becoming aware of the experiences and emotions that get stuck in our body, we can actually release the symptom completely. And this is what he's found with so many clients and patients. And I found that extremely fascinating. Okay. So I'm very much into that. You know, I'm very much all about um, like the physical body. So the, your mind can play games with you, but your body will never lie. So the best way to check if something feels right for you or if something feels limiting for you is to check within your body. How does your body feel about it? Because your mind will lie, but your body is your best communicator. The body, anytime you have a pain, this is the body's way of communicating to you that something requires action and that this is the way the body wants to tell you that something is not an in integrity. And that's the most beautiful way to see pain. So for me, um, of course, I had known about the philosophy, but Dr. Habib Sadegi really um, truly emphasizes on that. So I found that to be amazing and I share it with a lot of my clients. There's another book um, by a new author called Jeff Brown called Grounded Spirituality. And that's amazing as well because, you know, there's this whole concept of spiritual escapism. So people talk about the full moon, manifesting and 
they get into the drama of spirituality <laughs> a lot more than the actual learning of it and the application of it. So I find Dr. Jeff, uh, I mean, uh, Jeff Brown talks about grounded spirituality, that we can run to ashrams, we can run, and this is just another form of escapism. It's nothing but another drug, right? So when you go to an ashram and you don't feel a sense of love and belonging, and here you have this guru and you have people going through the same issues with you, you identify with them and you become attached to them. But the true spirituality is staying calm within the chaos. And the chaos is in your everyday life. It's with your boss. It's with your relationship. It's with your, you know, nine to five jobs that you, may, that you might not be so passionate about. And if you could truly uh, master your spirituality within this scenario, then you're, you're I guess, a Buddha. <laughs> Those are two books that I definitely want to read. Yeah. The second question is, how do we get in touch with our most powerful selves? How do we get in touch with our most powerful selves? I mean, there's so many different ways to do that. Maybe just in, like maybe uh, give it from your angle, from your example. From my angle, it's to get in touch with our most powerful selves is to, you know, try and, you know, not have so much noise in our mind. Mm. The more noise we have, uh, see, our intuition is speaking to us at every given point in time. The question is, are we really listening? And I find that when we're able to um, take a step back and drown out the noise, we're able to really listen to our mind and our body. And like I said, you know, throughout this entire conversation that there are so many ways to do that. But my favorite ways are meditation, uh, breath work, um, taking a holiday, <laughs> <laughs> which I love to do, um, connecting with nature, uh, you know, so these are a few of the ways that I feel, or even getting a massage, which, which mm. I absolutely love. You know, these are just ways to just disconnect and really try and drown out the noise um, when we're going through a stressful situation. And that's when we really connect with our inner selves and doing this on a regular basis, not just when it's we needed. have a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a necessity which must be done with a consistency. And I think when we're able to like, you know, uh, remain consistent in a practice, that is when we automatically find our perception and our consciousness changing. Okay. Last question is, you've been through a lot in life already. What's the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Well, the biggest lesson I've learned is divine timing. <laughs> that God is a meticulous cl clockmaker and his timing is always perfect. And trust it. Yeah. It's because, like I said earlier, it's the art of doing and the art of being. And I feel like I've mastered the art of doing. And I feel like we're, we, you know, we like a lot of us are not like human beings. We're human doings. And I think the being part is that we forget, often forget. And being comes with a lot of faith, a lot of surrender. And if we truly believe in everything in the philosophy of spirituality, um, the ultimate, the ultimate test is faith, surrender in the universe. And I think... You know, it's that fine line of having the patience and um, the consciousness of knowing when to just remain in your space. So, yeah, that for me is the biggest lesson I've mm. learned. Because I have tried my best to try and achieve tasks or goals. And as hard as I've tried, they haven't happened. And then suddenly, like six months later, two years later, on its own, it just came. So I didn't control that. So, so what, like, what changed? It's just timing. I wasn't ready for it. And I feel that there's a universe that knows more than me, you know, and sometimes our higher self or, you know, we call it God, the universe, energy, 
knows more than us and mm-hmm. it, it, it sees things from an expanded perspective. So we have like our higher selves um, looking down at us and, you know, it's like he's on the mountaintop and we're in the valley and we're not able to see the fastest point from point A to B, point B. And our higher self is telling us, wait, the fastest way from point A to point B is the other side, but we don't listen because we're so caught up. That's beautiful. Yeah. Where can people find you online and find out more about what you do and what Illuminations does? Sure. So as I said, Illuminations is a holistic healing, mental well-being and personal growth um, space or platform. Uh, We have three branches. Uh, We're opening up in Abu Dhabi in about a couple of months. We're based in JLT, which is our main branch, and in Murdiv. Uh, we offer a, a, like a variety of different services from meditation classes, workshops, training programs where you can actually become a wellness practitioner, private consultations, retreats, and a whole lot more. Uh, you can contact us via our website, www.illuminations.ae. Perfect. I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been an amazing, amazing conversation. <laughs> and I think our listeners are going to learn a tremendous amount from it. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening this week. Um, It's been a mind-blowing conversation. I hope you guys learned a lot. Let us know your feedback and see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. At the end of each episode, we want to provide you with a few key takeaways. So here are the ones for Sonia. Number one, we are responsible for anything that happens in our lives. If we have the power to create our life, then we have the power to uncreate and recreate what we want to. Number two, let's shift our perspective of situations. Understand that both the positive and negative in our lives are created by our minds, and we also have the power to transform these perspectives and thoughts. As soon as we start realizing that whatever is happening around us is happening within us, and if we can then change whatever is within our own world, we will then see a change in our external worlds. Number three, Accept that we are going to face pain and allow it to process. As much as you want to run away from it, there's learning in pain. It has an extremely important lesson. Number four, the art of when to do and when to be. When to create, be proactive, when to do. And then when to let things roll out, to let things be and to just surrender. Don't always run after a destination or after purpose. Things change. Situations change. So be mindful of the present moment and be flexible and adaptable to what life brings you. Number five. Ever wondered why certain things trigger you that don't trigger others? 80% of our issues we face in our lives and things that trigger negative emotions come from our past, which is our childhood. Whenever we have a traumatic experience in our past, part of us gets stuck in that experience. The rest of us evolves, but this part remains stuck. And if today we face things that remind us of that trauma, we get triggered. This is where hypnotherapy helps, to go back in time and deal with this trauma head on. And then lastly, meditation. In meditation, we try to slow ourselves down. The best way to do this is to observe your thoughts. Imagine an ocean. The deeper you go into the ocean, the calmer it is. The closer you are to shore, the chippier and louder it becomes with the different noises in your life. But know you have the ability to go deep in this tranquil space by observing and breathing. Close your eyes, focus on your breathing, and whenever your mind wanders, lovingly and calmly bring it back to your breath. Be aware of where your mind wanders, and after your meditations, write it down. This is your mind providing you feedback of what needs to be addressed. 
Now that you're aware that your thoughts during meditation are feedback loop, you'll be able to go deeper and deeper each time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Forever Student episode. This show is for you, me, and all of us to learn and grow from. If you enjoyed this, please rate the podcast, comment and share with anyone that you believe would benefit from listening to this. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out to me at Forever Student Show across all social media platforms. Or you can drop us an email at foreverstudent at dukanmedia.com. My name is Stefan Miller, and this podcast is brought to you by Dukan Media. Thank you all, and have a great week. Thank you.